Okay, good morning, everybody. Today is Wednesday, as always. I'm on my way to my day job. You know, the thing I do that pays the bills because uh, I don't get paid to protest and riot and speak my mind like all of the guys and uh, gals in Black Lives Matter. So I actually have to fucking work. Like, I don't know. 99% of all my listeners, probably. And, uh, you know, they just show up. A girl gets shot, you know, in Ohio the other day. And, uh, oh, shit, Black Lives Matter were just there within an hour. Now, they say it was because they were going somewhere to celebrate the... Uh, Derek Chauvin, Chauvin, I think, um, guilty verdict, because we all know that's worth celebrating. Uh, so whatever, these guys get paid to just stand around and do nothing. So it's just interesting, you know, we, the working people, you and I, pay through our taxes and no choice of ours the losers in life to stand around and burn shit down and protest 24-7. And their job is to stand around and wait for something to happen so they can protest and burn shit down peacefully. You know, it's peaceful protest. They're not rioting. So they get paid to peacefully protest as they burn shit down. You and I, we got to go to work and stress, you know, about bills and rent, insurance and everything. And I, and I watched that verdict come across in the, the fucking media, the, the grapevine. And I thought, what a bunch of shit. You know, the man was convicted by 12 cowards. And we've all heard the expression, well, I'd rather be tried by 12 than carried by six, meaning you got shot because you didn't use your gun or self-defense. So, you know. You're carried by six pallbearers instead of tried by 12. And, and I guess the thinking used to be that it's like, well, I, you know, I'd rather be tried by a jury of my peers. <laughs> well, you know, nowadays you might as well just be carried by six because you're not going to win that. I mean, you know, it's not just Chauvin's case. It's just everything in America nowadays. The legal system has become a, a fucking mockery and a joke. The three branches of government are a fucking joke. And that's what's led me to today's podcast, which is might. You know, I'd like to say that I've thought about it long and hard, <laughs> but I don't do that. I react. I've been doing podcasting for five, six years now. Videos for last year or so, you know, regularly. And uh, I see that the needle in life has not moved because I don't have, you know, 25 million people following. I mean, Trump had 75, 80 million people loving him. Look at all the people that were on his Twitter channel that they just canceled or, you know, Facebook. 
You and I are not going to change anything by listening to podcasts, my podcast, any podcast, or, or making them. No one cares. You know, we're just, we might every once in a while coagulate together like a school of fish for no un- unknown fucking reason whatsoever. Just like, oh my God, we're all together on this. You know, following one talking head on the media or Facebook or YouTube or something. And then disbanding just as quick and going somewhere else. Um, so, what good does it do? I mean, you and I have to be in the world, not of it. And I'm in it. I was fucking born, so here I am, stuck. Nothing like the, the pamphlet said in heaven. It's like, go down there, get a body, experience live. <laughs> Whatever. Get a tan, live in Arizona. Play in the snow, live in Wisconsin. So, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm not discouraged. I understand human nature enough to know that I am not the talking head that will rally the troops. I've said for years, I'm not the person like in the story when all the shit is happening. The one hero of the story goes, I got a plan. And then, then all the people that were talking in the book, you don't talk about the plan. It's just the story continues now and you see how the plan worked out. I don't, I'm not that guy. I don't have a plan. I just, I'm reactionary. I'm pissed. And, uh, but I, I understand human nature enough after studying it for, I don't know, since I became self-aware, you know, 10, 12, watching shit, you know, watching people. I was watching my, my mom and my stepfather scream and argue one day after school because they had already been drinking. And, you know, they might have had a very good legitimate reason why they were fighting because, yeah, you know, when you're fucking married, you have reasons they seem important to to your parents at, at the time you know, just like what we're going through nowadays seems important to us and and my stepdad was fairly violent you know he would get drunk and then he was violent and and you know i know nothing about it the argument because i was too young i was you know first second grade whatever and i'm 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 watching the Flintstones, because we had a color TV back then when I was uh, 60 fucking years ago or whenever TV, when color TV first came out, we had one because my mom at the time was quite wealthy. We had a housekeeper and all that stuff. She proceeded to make bad business decisions that ended up leaving us back to square one. But that's, you know, it was her life. She was free to make that choice and screw up her business, just like I've done numerous times. Um, so I'm watching the Flintstones, and, and, I, and I remember it. Just, you know, we had this wingback chair, you know, like the old-fashioned chairs, and sitting there, you know, across the living room, and I'm watching TV, and they're just screaming and throwing shit, you know. And this was like fucking still daylight out, you know. And, I, and I'm looking, and I'm, I break away from the Flintstones long enough to just stare at the scene going on in front of me in the, in the kitchen. 
and I and I look at that and, and it hit me. This is not my fault. This is not my problem. And I do not have the solution. And it was like one of those moments of clarity where it just like clicks. Five, six years old, whatever. God, I don't, really don't know how old I was. And, and it's just like, this light goes off. You can't do shit about this. You're a kid. Go back to watching TV. And so I turned around and watched the rest of the Flintstones and whatever their other cartoons were on. And that was it. I never concerned myself with that again. You know, if mom yelled, eh, Mark, call the police because he was getting violent and crazy. I, I wouldn't be able to use the, the telephone we had, which we had like five lines in the house because of her business was right next door. So she manufactured big, you know, like squadresses, which they called them that, which now is a racist term. But they were pleated with all this decor decoration around them. And when you twirled doing square dances and stuff back then, in the 50s, early 60s, they would spread out. And they were beautiful and sparkly and all that shit. And she made them for J.C. Penney's, So we had money. Yeah, five phone lines in the house. Well, um, he'd get mad and just rip the receiver off the wall, and that was it. So I'd usually just, you know, kind of jog down to the Circle K and call the police. Jog back, which is, you know, four blocks for a kid with energy. That wasn't far at all. If I had to walk that far nowadays, I'd fucking freak out. But, uh, and then the police show up and, and I'd go back to watch a TV. I mean, quite literally. And, and this is, is it. I'm, I'm watching all the things that have happened in the media and how wrong they've been on the news. And, and most of the time they're just, you know, they're hearing shit from scientists blathering on about the, the vaccine or about fucking heart attacks or whatever. And, and the media don't know. That's why they have guests on. And the guests don't know because they work for the company that's lying to tell you the vaccine is safe or fat causes heart attacks or whatever. And so the guests are wrong because they're not clairvoyant. They don't see into the future what's going on. And and it's always amazed me, you know, you're watching the news and, and something happens in the economy like the the stock market crashed in the 20s and the, you know, oil embargo of the 70s and, you know, back in 2006, 7 and 8 when the bubble popped for that or the internet bubble popped, you know. All you hear on the news is, well, the experts were wrong. And, and, and if you're a thinker, you, you kind of flash back on that. You go, what did he just say? The experts were wrong? Did, are they experts? Because see, like to me, an expert is not wrong. An expert will tell you things that are happening and how it could or could not go on. But see, then the media don't want that. The media wants your, the expert to say, this is exactly how it's going to go down. And then when it goes sideways, well, the, the experts were wrong. So... You, you look at this shit and you find out that we are really 
in a fake loop. We're not in the loop. We're just in the fake loop. And the media don't care. Our politicians don't care. And politicians haven't cared. I mean, going way the fuck back. Back when I was running to the Circle K to call the police. You know, they don't care back in the 60s. And, you know, the Civil Rights Act was, you know, uh, filibustered and, and, and stopped by the Democrats who now have the high ground. You know, like, we brought you the Civil Rights Movement. It's like, oh, yeah, after years of saying no fucking way, finally you got all on board, made a media circus out of it, and then everyone thought you did this. It was like your idea. So, as you analyze life, you're not in control of it any more than, you know, anything else. You could, you could sit there and be a, a weather expert and talk about, the weather and the precipitation and the low pressure zone and the high pressure and the heat and blah 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 fucking blah but if it decides to fucking rain it's just gonna rain and your expert opinion is just that just a fucking opinion and then it rains now you and your significant other or your friends in your group or whatever can sit there and talk about the weather all you want to it's not going to change the outcome it will rain. And then you can discuss how the high pressure and the low pressure and the precipitation. And did you know that when they say it's a 10% chance of rain in your area, that means it's going to rain. It's just 10% of the streets are going to get wet or whatever. You know, it's, it's. But then you talk to other weather experts and they'll go, no, no, no. It means 10%. It's just, you know, there's a chance. So nobody knows. And you can talk about it with your friends until you're blue in the face and have beer. And it's a good excuse to get drunk and go camping and talk about the weather or sports. You can talk about sports until hell freezes over. The reality is when the game is on, everything changes. You know, your, your plan uh, changes when the game starts. That's the rules of military. You know, your battle plan changes the minute first contact with the enemy. Because everything's different. Because things are different. Life is different. Things change. Oh, wow. Four Border Patrol vehicles driving that way. <laughs> the border is that way, and they're driving that way. Uh, makes no sense to me. Um, so what can you do about it? You know, we had uh, town council meetings last three, four weeks over a bunch of undocumented, unaccompanied minors. Probably, you know, from across the border. And then the federal government drops them off in our town at a facility called Vision Quest. And now everybody's mad at the city for allowing it to happen. It's like uh, cities really don't have much jurisdiction over the feds when the feds go fuck you. I mean, they do, but the cities aren't going to take that responsibility on it. Now everybody's calling them treasonous because they're doing this, that, and the other thing. And, the, you know, sedition, it's aiding and abetting illegals and blah, blah, fucking blah. And the reality is, it's like if the federal government says they're, 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 they're not illegal aliens, then you're not breaking the law. And, and they've determined that by, by virtue of the fact that they weren't paying attention when these people crossed the river, so... I've talked about that. I guess this is kind of a lead up to the fact that I'm probably going to stop all of this stuff and 
you know, my two, three hundred faithful followers, you know, it'll be sad for a while. And then a year from now, they'll go, Prepper Guy, who? I'll probably keep the website up only because I have email there that I use. And you can always email me at market prepper guy and I'll get it. I mean, I could I could keep the the name and, and everything active because I got to keep my uh, my hostings open because I have a our business. My fucking day job website is there and my wife's gym is on the server. So. I'll have three of them, but I, I don't know uh, how. What I don't know what I'm going to do with Prepper Guy. If you've been on Prepper Guy, it's just a big mishmash of information that you can kind of filter through. So I think I'll just have it one page, like a blog page, instead of my homepage. It'd be a static blog page. You know, once a week or something, I'll throw something up on there, like I'm writing a thing on this Chauvin thing and how the police are not helping them and there's no fucking solidarity and there's no blue flu going on in Minnesota and there's no jailbreak to get this guy out because it's a fucking kangaroo court. Now everybody's wait and see what the courts do. Yeah. Well, meanwhile, you know, like, like picture this, you're, you're drowning, you know, and the water is raising in the boat that sank and you got this little bubble of air that might last you a, a, an hour or two. And all the people on the deck, you can hear them running around trying to figure out how to get you out. And they're debating and all this stuff. And they know that if they poke a hole right where you're at, then the air will just come out and you'll drown before they get a big enough hole. So they're debating maybe they should cut the hole, you know, a little further down. And so, you know, if we cut it where the water's already there, then, you know, he can swim over and get out, but we're not sure the room he's in. So let's uh, let's download the plants to this boat. And meanwhile, you're fucking drowning, right? You know, you're running out of air. And even if that air doesn't leak out the rest of the way and the boat don't shift, within an hour or two, there's just, just going to be carbon dioxide and you're going to die no matter what. And you can hear him up there because it's a boat, right? The, the hole's not that thick. You can hear him talking and they're, you know, you're yelling through to you, we're working on it. And you're trying to tell them, you know, it's just like, okay, go, you know, downhill into the water 10 feet and cut a hole there because I can see that I can get out through there. It's not packed up. And they're like, what? And, and everyone's just waiting for someone else to make a decision. And by the time they make that decision, you're fucking dead. And that's that's the way these people that are languishing in prison over this system, you know, like Chauvin and, and many. I mean, it's not just him. Waiting for the, the system to work, you know. When America collapses and the shit hits the fan and we're all trying to figure out what the fuck just happened, you know, why the lights go out and all that. We'll be waiting for the court or the experts in the media to tell us what to do next. Because we've become... Sheep, literally sheep, to nose ring. And we're waiting for the media or the courts or our politicians to lead us to safety. Come this way, little people. Okay. <laughs> so, I'll probably post that post on the blog and then that'll be the front page anymore. And then my life will be so much easier because the other day I, I moved my project vehicle, you know, under the carport where I can work on it 
because summer's coming and it gets motherfucking hot. And I don't have anywhere with a concrete floor besides that. Because I don't have the fucking money to pour concrete to make a really nice garage or a shop. I'm stuck fucking poor. That's why I work. God, I wish I had the money to just go protest all the time. I wonder how I get a gig like that. So, we can all sit around the campfire and talk about the weather. We can all talk about this verdict of the Chauvin thing until the next thing comes up and somebody else starts burning more shit down. We can talk about politics and think we know what we're talking about. But there's still people that know me on Facebook that know I don't put up with this shit and will still continue to argue with me about the Border Patrol uh, not being at the border is no big deal. When it is, it's a failure. You know, the Border Patrol's just like, well, you know, 23% of our bombs actually go off when they hit the ground, so let's just drop more bombs. We need more boots on the ground. <laughs> now, whatever. I'm tired of it. I really am. You know, I'd rather in my free time rather than edit this video, which might not even go out. I might just shut everything down and everyone go word mark going. No one will care. I mean, really, just like no one cares about the Chauvin verdict. I mean, we all care until the next thing comes along. You know, so if, if you notice all of a sudden, if I do put this out and you notice all of a sudden that Mark Boyle, the prepper guy, has gone. Uh, there's Candace Owens. She says some really good things. And Dan Bongino, he's a pretty straightforward kind of guy. You go listen to him. You know, there's 300 plus million of people in America. And I'm just one of them. And really, I don't even think I have that much to say. I do it, you know, just to vent. And then I, I think that someday maybe I'll edit the video and put it out there. It's my fucking journal. And I'll save all the files somewhere. And someday my kids will listen to it and go, man, he had a lot to say. No, he was just a mental patient that had to write a journal to keep his fucking head screwed on straight. And, and I'm, I'm at the point now to where, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll watch maybe one news show. Like we were watching uh, Tucker Carlson a little bit last night. And, you know. He beats around the bush because he's, he's happy to be making his millions of dollars a year. And he doesn't want to piss off Fox News that much. Because they're a bunch of capitulating pussies too. So, pacifist assholes. And then we went to the Stenchfield show on, on uh, Newsmax. And, you know, they're all saying, well, you know, the verdict was fine. It was just the way in reach, which they reached the verdict. It's like, really? Um... So my thought is, it's like, you know, maybe, maybe some of my listeners might be, uh, you know, law enforcement. But, you know, you handcuff somebody and detain them or you've restrained them. Following the rules in the book that you were trained to do, putting your knee on their neck, you know. And, and looking up at everyone else, going, you get called an ambulance, you get, you know, what the fuck. I'm the only guy holding this gun. There's 10 of us here. Fucking grab him and hold him down. Fuck. No, we don't want to stress him out. He just took all this fentanyl. I, you know. And, and so he dies. So let's say you restrain somebody by putting handcuffs on them. And, and, and before you can get him in the car or under control completely, 
He jumps up and runs out into traffic and gets run over by a fucking truck and dies. Well, that sucked. Well, who put the handcuffs on him? Well, that was you, Bob. Well, fuck. I thought you had him. No, no. You put the handcuffs on him. This is your fault. You're going down for murder. Three counts of murder. Not just, you know, negligence. Not just being a stupid ass. You know, because you put handcuffs on the guy and you should have handcuffed him to the vehicle or waited. or whatever. You know, a million ways to look at it. But either way, you put the handcuffs on him. You're going down for murder, my friend. I'm shocked. I have so much more respect for law enforcement, especially the police nowadays, because they continue to go out and get butt-fucked by the media and everybody and still try to do their job because they know if they just walk away that the innocent people that they really care about in those neighborhoods are going to just be become prey. You know, it's like, you know, if you if you're the guy in charge of, you know, naked and afraid with the rifle and you're keeping the lions from eating those two naked people in that fucking hut called a shelter. Um, that's the only defense. They don't have a gun. They don't have anything to protect themselves against you know, a fucking pack of hyenas or pride of lions that are hungry looking at them, you know, all day and all night just going. That guy with that rifle fucking leaves. We're eating that. There's our fucking snack. So they, they, they're they there. Meanwhile, you know, like you're like Derek Chauvin. You're, you were trained to do it this way. And, and then come to find out, you know, I don't know why they have an autopsy. The autopsy showed he died of, you know, an overdose of fentanyl. Heart failure and whatever else. Everything but asphyxiation and, and a collapsed larynx, which is what the media and, and, the, and Black Lives Matter wants you to believe, that that guy just dropped on his throat and collapsed his larynx and he died. Even though that, you know, you watch the video and, 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 and even the prosecutors were like, well, you know, watching this video is hard. It's like minutes, like seven, eight minutes or nine minutes of that, you know, Derek having his neck on George or his knee on the neck of George Floyd. It's like, well, really, if he had collapsed his larynx, he would have been alive for probably like 30 seconds and then he would have died. He'd have definitely been incapacitated from the very moment that happened to where he could have just got up and said, there, problem fucking solved. I'm such a racist. Fuck him. No, nine minutes. And then when he finally died, it was from heart failure, fentanyl, overdose. So, by putting handcuffs on the guy that runs out in front of traffic, how did he die? Did you kill him? No, the car that hit him killed him. In Floyd's case, it was the fentanyl that he overdosed on killed him. The fact that he was restrained is irrelevant and not part of the case. But, you know, so you look at this stuff and you're like, okay, in the Bible it talks about, you know, up will be down and right will be wrong. Basically, left is right and fucking blue is red and whatever and and that's where we are today you look at this and you go holy fuck you know you know we always thought it was cute when the lion will lay down with the lamb uh, no that's a genetic impossibility and, and so 
Now you have Black Lives Matter laying down with federal law enforcement. Yeah, kind of like the lion and the lamb. Meanwhile, we're the people paying for all of this horseshit and getting fucked in the ass. So as you can see, even though I'm really upset about this and I'm about ready to throw my hands up in the air and go, fuck this place. I am in this planet world, not of it. If you care, you get upset. See, I, I have 10 grandchildren that I care about. Me ranting and raving isn't going to fix that. I mean, really. I mean, pfft, it's not going to change yet. And all your friends of color will, will not be able to help you when the mob, you know, comes around. That Johnny Cash song, the man comes around. They're not going to help you because mob rule doesn't care about common sense. So if you're a, a, a fucking black business owner, when they decide to burn your business down, it's not because you were black. It's just because you were in the way. So if you think these people, these friends of yours, all your allies that are people of color, and you may be a people of color, but you, you, know, you kind of agree with them, but you kind of don't. You're just kind of on the fence. When that time comes, there are no fence setters. I mean, even in the war in heaven, God said, there are no fence setters. You're on this side or that side, and that's it. And if you refuse to do anything and make a decision, the decision is made for you by the mob. And whichever mob that is, whether they're the ones on the right side of the argument or the wrong side of the argument, you're going to get run over depending on which way the mob is running. But if you're on a fence, that means there's people on the right side and people on the left side. There's people on the right side, people on the wrong side. And you're just sitting there in a the fence Basically, you become an obstacle that they just run you over. So, no one cares. So, back to my project. I'm just going to start working on that. I'm going to continue to focus on my, my day job because I think my memory's getting a little fucked up anyway. So, I might as well do as much as I can to get my wife set up before the fucking, you know, everything falls apart. I'm useless. I'm already fucking useless. Finish my house. Finish my projects that take years because I got no fucking money. I just nickel and dime myself to death to get these things done. And, and really, you know, like if I could spend an hour working on my project vehicle, even if it's just taking parts up and cleaning them off and greasing them and maybe painting them and sticking them back on. I can't afford new ones, but if I just did that and I did it, you know, a couple hours a week, well, fuck, I'd be driving that thing around already. You know, it runs. You know, so all I got to do is bleed the brake skin, get it back together and here and there. And I could be driving that thing around. And then just continue to do that. Take something off. If I got the money to replace it because it needs it, buy it, replace it. Check that off a very, very, very long list. But see, I've had it for a year and a half, two years or something like that. And because we were working on the house, I didn't have any time. But if I'd have just put like, you know, I'm going to take the same time I put into writing a post or being on Facebook or whatever. I'm just going to go outside and take that latch off and clean it all up. 
grease it, see if it works, put it back together, spray some paint on it or something so it don't rust again, and I'm done. And then, uh, you know, if I need to brace a little part on there that broke off, I got a welder. Fucking do it. So when you look around and you see that another person has left the, the battlefield and thrown in the towel, it's not because I gave up. You know, like throwing in the towel. It's like your 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 guy in the corner goes, "You're too stupid to realize you're gonna die here." No, it's not even that. It's just like I'm smart enough to know that I'm I'm so stupid I'm gonna die here. I don't have time. I'm just gonna walk away from the fight, walk off the battlefield. You know. Because the battlefield is really not a battlefield at all. It's not a war in heaven. It's not something that you can look at and pick a side. It changes. It's always in a state of flux. You know, we went to Afghanistan and Iraq to weapons of mass destruction. Well, there aren't any. Well, that's okay. We'll still fuck them up. We're, here we are going on 21 years. Almost, the war itself is old enough to drink now. 21 years old or more maybe fuck I haven't been paying attention and look at the iterations of its change well we're in Afghanistan we're not in Afghanistan we're we're doing this we're you know Russia's trying to do that let's fuck this up let's go to war with Iran they're right there well we don't want to go over there okay well we'll we'll say they're doing shit and meanwhile our soldiers are coming back all fucked up with PTSD and shit and arms and legs missing because because what a bunch of politicians think this is kind of goddamn funny you know, but if you talk to a general about it and you go, ah, oh, that's funny. You go, this is not a laughing matter, young man. Oh, fuck you, dickweed. It is. It's so funny that it makes me as, a, as an American stand back and watch it and go, this is funny as fucking hell. Nobody knows what they're doing. I mean, there's all the experts that know what they're doing, but they don't know what they're doing. It's like, what are you doing? Well, we're invading this country. Why? I don't know. But when I do it, I know what I'm doing, and I'm going to do a really fine fucking job of it. And what is it? I don't know. I told you, I don't know it. So they don't know what they're doing. They're just experts that know how to do what it is that they're doing. <clears throat> so you, you look at that, and you, and you just see the, the, the chaos. You're just like, oh, fuck this. This is a fucking disaster. I quit. And that's where I'm at. I quit. There's certain things I can control. I can control my life. Barely. I can control whether I'm on the internet or not. Barely. It's become an addiction also. So this is me going cold turkey. In fact, I'm so good at going cold turkey that I quit drugs. Like that. I quit smoking. Like that. And if I actually do what I'm saying, I might not even post this video. I might just stop like that. But I'd like to post it just so I can say, see, haha, <laughs> I quit. Look how I did that. Maybe it's a learning lesson for people that need to learn how to go cold turkey. You know how you go cold turkey? Just fucking do it. All right. Well, I'm at work. 
I'm not even going to park and yak like I normally do. I'm going to get my breakfast burrito and I'm going to go to work and I'm going to stop worrying about all of it. So you guys all have a great uh, rest of your life. And I'll probably post this only as as a warning to everybody else. It's like you need you need to go cold turkey on this because it, it's killing us. It's destroying families. It's destroying lives. It's destroying communities. And talking about it ain't doing no good. If you're really upset about it, do something about it. If law enforcement are pissed off and they want to have the blue flu, then fucking do it. If you have no problem with Floyd being in prison for something he didn't do, then fucking don't worry about it. But do something. Patriots need to rise up and just shoot some motherfuckers. And with that being said, I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. We made too many compromises already. Too many retreats. We invade our space and we fall back. I'm your huckleberry. The line must be drawn here. This far, no farther. That's just my game.